I want to share this morning, uh, if you would turn with me to Matthew, we're going to start in Matthew 28, and then we'll spend some time in Matthew 13. Each morning, um, we had the opportunity to have some quiet time with the Lord, to spend some time in worship. Um, someone then brought the word all before um, going out and doing ministry. Um, it was beautiful to be able to sit outside in, in amazing weather, watching uh, an active volcano erupt every so often. Um, as a team, we met multiple times in the evenings, talking about our experiences and what the Lord was doing. And like the three up here said, we talked a lot about our ministry site leaders, about the staff at Students International, how intentional they were not only with the people in the communities, but with us yeah. as a team. All day long, the staff was intentional to build relationships, to help, to encourage, to be a listening ear, to share the good news of Christ, to pray for people, to point people back to Christ. All of this ministry happened through relationships. We weren't... Um, out sharing uh, on the street corner and going door to door just trying to meet people. Not that that is bad, but this was all done in the context of relationship, walking hand in hand with, with people. As a team, we were pushed out of our comfort zone, out of our cultural context. Like Mitchell said, we shared the gospel. We shared our testimonies. We developed relationships with people there and we left part of our heart in Guatemala. Many of us are supporting those people financially on a monthly basis now. Um, and if you know anything about short-term missions, oftentimes short-term mission trips are great for the team that goes, but for the people in country, it's pretty lackluster. There's not usually a whole lot of fruit and it doesn't last very long if there is any. Um, I can tell you that the week that we spent there was not that. Jill and I have heard multiple stories from different staff members saying, wow, that team, your team really encouraged us, really built us up. And the truth is they're still there. They ministered last week. They're going to be ministering tomorrow. And they're going to keep going and keep going. And so there was a lasting uh, impact that was made, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, as they were saying, personally, I was convicted that when I have my to-do list and my things for the day, interruptions really bother me. When clients call in and they need something, I might be... I will help them, but in my mind, I'm going, come on, i got to get off the phone and do something else. Yeah. When the truth is, I need to be saying, okay, Lord, what is this? What do you want for this person? What do you want for me right now? Yeah. And so I was challenged in that. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded of the story of, of Jairus, okay? As Marty from Christ Fellowship Church would say, Jairus, okay? Um, in the New Testament, Jesus gets out of the boat, um, and he was a leader in the synagogue, and he comes up to Jesus and he says, 
Jesus, my daughter is sick. Please come to my house. And Jesus gets out of the boat, and, and they start walking towards his house. And along the way, as they're walking, people are crowding around them. They see Jesus, and they want a piece of him. They want a piece of his time. They want to know him. And for Jairus, he's going, okay, come on, come on. It's this way. Keep coming. This is important. I need you. I'm desperate. And then the woman that had been bleeding for years shows up and touches the hem of Jesus. And what happens? She's immediately healed. And power goes out of him. And he stops and he says, who touched me? And the disciples say, what do you mean, Lord? People are all around you. There are, lots of people touched you. So what happens? Jesus, the, the woman comes up to him, and Jesus says, he gives her his full attention, and he says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. If I'm that person going on a mission to help save someone's life, and I get interrupted, I don't think I'm going to stop. My flesh is not going to stop. But that's what Jesus did. He was intentional. He stopped, and he gave the attention where it needed to be. Amen. How many times are we so focused on ourselves that we aren't focused on the Father's mission for us? We aren't on mission for the Father because we're worried about us. We're worried about our comfort, what I want, what I need. In Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission, verses 19 and 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Another way to translate it, that is, as you go, go therefore and make disciples. Yes, it does talk about going to the nations. We are to do that. But not everyone in this room is called to be missionaries abroad. We are called to be missionaries in our sphere of influence, in our contacts, in our jobs, in our families. We are called to be that. We're called to make disciples. If we're truly honest with ourselves, how many disciples have we made in our lives? How many people can we look to and say, I shared the gospel with these people? As a church, we value, it says it back there, the word of God, the fatherhood of God, the superiority of Jesus Christ, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, people, our community, and spreading the gospel. Do we truly value and love God? I believe we do. Do we truly value and love people? As we were worshiping this morning, there was just, we were singing the song, um, I shout till the whole world, I, sh I will shout till the whole world hears it. I will sing till the whole world knows. Are we doing that? Or are we just giving lip service to God this morning? 
Another song was, I can hear the wedding bells ringing. It's time, it's time, it's time. And there was just this knot in my stomach this morning thinking about the ten virgins who they had their oil, right? Five of them had extra oil, five of them did not. And in the morning, the five said, give us some of your oil. And the five that were prepared said, no, go get your own. And as they were gone, the bridegroom came. We have to get our own oil. That is something that takes time. That oil does not just like ooze out of olives. It is a process. It takes a long, long time. We have to be doing that, right? Are we on mission and sharing with those, right? Those in our sphere of influence. So as you go in the grocery store, when you're pumping gas, when you're eating in a restaurant, when you're talking to your waiter and your waitress, are you sharing the gospel? If you're doing that with your waiter and your waitress, you better tip well. Don't be cheap. Oftentimes, when you go on a mission trip, it can be easy. It's easier to step out of your comfort zone because we think, man, we're here for a week. We have to share the gospel, right? I was, um, I was with child sponsorship the last day, and Uzo got, or no, it was sports site, and Uzo got up and shared, and he shared with the kids. He said, this might be the most important thing you ever hear in your life, and he shared about the gospel, and he's right. He was 100% correct. How many times are we doing that with our coworkers, with our loved ones, with our family members? Oftentimes, there's this fear of rejection, right? Nick was talking about it this morning, this fear of what are others going to think? Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples, period, right? We have to be on mission. Being on missions, being on mission requires a lot of us. It requires intentionality and relationship. Not just talking about the weather or sports or our jobs, men, right? It's really easy for me to talk about my job and what I do. But are we listening well? Are we looking for bridges to share Christ? It requires our time. It requires our energy. When we have people over, are we, are we planning and prepping ahead of time, saying, okay, this is where we want to go. We want to make sure we check in on these things. We want to make sure we're encouraging them in these ways. Are we having that forethought ahead of time? It requires our energy. Making disciples requires planning. It oftentimes requires money. It requires dying to yourself, to your own comfort, your desires. It requires you to be an encourager. Like I said, it requires you to get your own oil. It requires you to be on guard from the evil one to, re to resist temptation. How many of you know when you're leading others, Satan wants to see you fall even harder. 
And so we have to be on guard. It requires doing life together, right? I know it said intentionality, and it, and it does, but it's also just going through life together, spending time with that person so that they can see you, how you interact when you buy a car or you deal with a, uh, a salesman that calls you that you're not expecting. How do you live your life when nobody else is seemingly watching? Start living missionally where you are. Invest in the people around you and love them well. Turn back with me to Matthew 13. Verses 1 through 9. And we're going to read a lot of Matthew 13 here. Um, Verse 1 says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And after he shared that that parable, the disciples, when they were alone with Jesus, said, Okay, please explain that. We don't understand that. And so if we jump down to verse 18... It says, Hear then the parable of the sower. This is Jesus explaining it to the disciples. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecutions arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit, and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, sixty, and in another, thirty. I've heard this passage talked about a lot, and we have to have um, the good soil to receive the word of the kingdom of God, and I agree with that. Our hearts have to be ready. When we receive the seed of the kingdom of God and it grows up, if it's healthy, what do, what do plants do? They, they bear fruit. They reproduce, right? If we're not reproducing, are we really healthy? There is a maturity that needs to happen. 
but how much? To what extent? If we're in the church 10, 20, 30 years and we've never discipled anyone, are, are we truly healthy? First Corinthians 3, verses 6 through 9. And I'll just read it here. It says, and this is Paul talking. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wage according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Like it says here, we are, are, are God's labors. We're called to sow. We're called to plant. We're called to be the farmer. When the farmer throws the seed, does he know exactly where it's going to fall? No. We're bond servants of Christ. Our life is not our own. Yet we act like it is. I do. I like my comfort. That's where I want to go. But is, am I going to get rewarded for that in heaven? No. What am I rewarded for? Right? Did I plant? Did I water? The results are not up to us. The results are God's. But we are called to plant and to water. It's great being part of a spirit-filled church. I love this place. I'm so thankful to be a part of this place. But it is not enough to come here on Sunday morning and to go home and spend our time with the Lord and to not share the gospel. That is not okay. We have to be sharing the gospel with our friends, with our family members, with those that we are in relationship with, and saying, God, prick our hearts when it's time. Prick our hearts, Lord. Would you want me to say something? What would you want me to say, Lord? Last Sunday, we had baptisms. It was a super powerful time. There were eight people that got baptized. Um, if you were not here, I would encourage you, go listen to their testimonies. It was incredible. Six of the eight people that were baptized can be linked back to two families in this church. Two families that, in the midst of not being perfect, in the midst of having their own issues, having their own life, going through life, they were faithful to share the word. They were faithful to invite. They were, in fa they were faithful to fast and to pray for their family members. They were faithful to encourage them. The way that they lived their life was an encouragement to the people that got baptized. Even when those people that were here in the church were being persecuted for their faith. And yet, six of the eight people got baptized last Sunday because two families were intentional and they didn't stop. So I want to encourage us this morning. We have to be on mission as a church. It will require everything. It does require everything. 
intentionality, planning, getting out of our comfort zone. When, once you get out of your comfort zone once, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, your comfort zone expands. Okay? We're not Christians to sit on the bench. In these parables, in that parable that I, I shared on, in Matthew 13, if the farmer woke up in the morning, man, I'm tired, not feeling well, my throat's sore, I think I'm just going to not spread any seed this morning. How many of us, is, is that our excuse? We have to get up off the bench and get in the game and play. When we look, when, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, okay, what did Jesus ask the people to do? He said, roll away the stone. Why? Jesus said, you do what man can do. I will do what man cannot do and raise him from the dead. We have to be vocal about our faith. Am I saying stand on the street corner with a megaphone? No, I'm not saying that. Within relationship, do what the Lord is asking you to do. Okay? Everyone here has their own sphere of influence. And be on mission in that sphere. As you go, share Christ. Be intentional. Saying, Lord, what do you want from me? If you would, stand with me this morning. And I'll pray to close. Father, I thank you for the example of Students International, of the staff there. Father, I thank you for um, just the example, the people in our lives that have encouraged us, that have built us up in the past. Father, would you help us, would you help me to be more intentional in my daily life? Father, would you help me to share the good news of the word of the kingdom of God? Lord, we know that you're coming soon. And Father, would you prick our hearts, would you quicken our step to share the good news of your son, Jesus? Holy Spirit, give us the wisdom, give us the words to say as we go about our day. Father, continue to help us gather the oil that we need in our quiet times, Lord. We love you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We love you guys. Have a blessed week.